Uh-oh, January 11th is Quitter's Day. Hi, I'm Rick Edelman. It's called Quitter's Day because that's the day most people give up on their New Year's resolutions. Really? They can't even stick with it for two weeks? Maybe it's because it's really hard to pull off a New Year's resolution. Yeah, I get it. Improving your personal finances is a top resolution, but, well, money's complicated. So let us help you fulfill your New Year's resolution by giving you a free financial plan, an $800 value. Just call us at Edelman Financial Engines, 888-PLAN-RICK. We'll tell you how to invest to help you achieve your goals. If last year taught us anything, it's that we all need a financial plan to help secure our future. So instead of quitting on your New Year's resolution, set yourself up for success. Get your free retirement review. Call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. That's 888-PLAN-RICK. Or go to rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. Again, just call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of this station. Content is for educational purposes only. Consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence of investing. Calls are pre-screened and the show was pre-recorded earlier this week. Rick is with Edelman Financial Engines, a part of Financial Engines Advisors, LLC, and the investment advisor that furnishes this program. Barron's ranks financial advisory firms based on assets managed, team size, experience, and regulatory record. Firms self-nominate. Investment returns and experience are not considered. Advisors in the Hall of Fame have been in the top 100 for 10 plus years. Future performance is not guaranteed. This is the Rick Edelman Show. Barron's ranks Edelman Financial Engines the number one independent investment advisor in the country. And Rick is in the Barron's Financial Advisor Hall of Fame. Now, here's Rick Edelman. Welcome to the Rick Edelman Show. It was my intention to open this program with a Happy New Year. But events at the Capitol this past Wednesday make it difficult to combine happy with New Year. Like you, all of us here at Edelman Financial Engines are shocked, aghast, infuriated, and very deeply saddened at what occurred. And we pray that there is no lasting adverse consequence or future threat to our republic and our democratic way of life. The year just ended was the most challenging any of us have faced. And that's saying something, considering most of the folks listening right now have lived through Vietnam, Watergate, Nixon's resignation, the 1970s oil embargo, the Iran-Contra affair, the Iraq war, and the horror of 9-11. And just as we are exiting the very difficult 2020, with high hopes for 2021, vaccines on the way... We found ourselves witnessing domestic terrorists storm our capital, threatening to kill our nation's leaders and destroy the very essence of our country. More than 50 law enforcement officers who were protecting the people inside the building were injured, and Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick was killed. He died protecting the sacred halls that represent our nation's liberty and the people's servants who work there. And our hearts and prayers go to Officer Sicknick's family. There are so many words to describe what we all witnessed. The videos and photos of the events were simultaneously shocking, revolting, disgusting, unfathomable, inconceivable, and incomprehensible. Wanton rioting against both our seat of government, the very seat created by the people, for the people, and of the people and members of the media with camera equipment destroyed, forcing reporters and crew to run for their lives. 
All a blatant rejection of our cherished First Amendment by senseless, immature, and selfish, my way or no way imbeciles, drunk in their wildly distorted extremist fantasies. It was all an embarrassment to all Americans, and the display they presented to the world was unforgivable. And let's admit it, some folks were simply there for a party, to revel in their rebellion, egged on by the so-called leader of our nation, who clearly cares far more about himself than anyone else. Every one of those insurgents must be brought to justice. Equally important, given that this crowd did not arrive unexpectedly, is that investigations must be thorough to explain why our capital was left so undefended and vulnerable. That, too, was unconscionable. And perhaps the most unsettling aspect of the entire escapade, a footnote hidden by the tear gas, the riot police, and the National Guard, was the fact that thousands of protesters were prevented from doing what our great nation allows, indeed encourages, protesters to gather peacefully and defiantly to express their opposition to government events, policies, and actions that they believe are contrary to our way of life. Even those who disagree with the protesters' claims that the presidential election was flawed or even rigged must agree that the protesters have the right to express their views and to seek redress from their fellow citizens who represent them in Congress. It is shameful that the rioters terminated the ability of the protesters to express their views. And ironically, sadly, the one result of the rioting is that the protesters' voices have been silenced, their wishes buried. What makes America great is our ability to express dissent, to consider opposing views, and to reach resolution. The actions of some on Wednesday were in direct opposition to these hard-fought principles, and we cannot allow those anarchists to prevail. The fact that events could decay so deeply and so rapidly remind us of the importance of remaining diligent and not allow us to drop our guard or become cavalier or complacent. And that, perhaps, is the best segue to what I had wanted to talk with you about today, a review of 2020 and a look ahead to 2021. 2020 was the first ever K-shaped recovery. No one correctly predicted events or outcomes of the year. A year ago, Wall Street analysts predicted that the S&P 500 would grow about 5%. Nobody predicted COVID-19, and when it hit, the Wall Street consensus was that the stock market would end the year lower than where it started. Nobody predicted that the stock market would end the year at an all-time high. The S&P was up 18% for the year. And with interest rates pushed down to all-time lows, the bond market gained 7% as well. The year's been called the everything rally because, well, pretty much everything showed gains, every asset class. It's all wonderful news if you own investments and you held on to them throughout the whole year, but sadly, only half the country invests in the stock market. And that means half the country did not profit from last year. And tens of millions of Americans fell backward, suffering loss of pay through furloughs or outright layoffs, losing health insurance in the process. And all this is nothing compared to the suffering of the ultimate tragedy, 
More than 360,000 Americans dying from COVID so far, making the pandemic the number one cause of death in 2020, surpassing even cancer. And millions more fell ill, often seriously. The impact on the sick and their families, it's all hard to fathom. And the pressures it has placed on our nation's health care workers, that's beyond comprehension. A number of our clients have passed, and we share their families' grief, and we mourn their losses. My own mom, you might recall her visits to my radio show over the years. She passed in October from complications of COVID. Mom was 93, living in a nursing home, and she is sadly a COVID statistic. I pray your family is spared these experiences. And those who have been spared are both fortunate and few. Total household debt rose by trillions of dollars last year. The number of people who are now food insecure more than doubled to 23% of U.S. households, one out of four. More than half a million people became homeless because of COVID. Our own research here at Edelman Financial Engines found that 26% of workers withdrew money from their retirement or savings accounts in the first six months of the pandemic, and 40% of them didn't even really need the money themselves. Instead, they withdrew money so they could give it to family members and friends in need. Yeah, if COVID taught us anything, it's that personal finance is a family affair. The national unemployment rate doubled last year to 6.4% by November. That's 11 million unemployed. And that number doesn't include those who have stopped looking for work, which means the true level of joblessness is closer to 20 million people. The Congressional Budget Office says it's going to take 10 years for the unemployment rate to get back to 2019 levels. So, no surprise, the industrial production of our nation fell 17% last year and ended 5.5% lower than the year ago. State and local government revenues, they fell $155 billion. All of this, despite the fact that we had a $2 trillion CARES Act. Between that and lower tax revenues, the federal deficit reached $3 trillion last year, more than triple the year before. The deficit equaled 15% of GDP, the highest since 1945. And that second relief bill, the one from December 26th, which added $900 billion to the deficit, didn't do nearly enough to help those who are struggling the most. At the beginning of the crisis, the stock market set a terrible record. The S&P fell 35% in February and March, the fastest loss of its kind in history. But prices then somehow immediately rebounded. By August, the S&P hit an all-time high. And by the end of the year, the index hit 33 all-time highs, ending the year with a 16-18% gain. The record for new stock listings, also a record, more than $67 billion raised by 450 companies. They are returns 40%, more than any year except 1999 and 2000, the height of the dot-com era. Clearly, it was a K-shaped economy. Not a U, not a V, not a W, not an L. Those doing financially well did better. Those doing poor did worse. Clearly, the stock market and the economy were disconnected last year. That's partly because millions of neophyte consumers opened brokerage accounts for the first time. An online app, Robinhood, opened 13 million accounts last year. Individuals accounted for 20% of all trading, double the rate of 2019. 
But the stock market's also a leading economic indicator, and investors are clearly sending the message that they believe 2020's problems were strictly due to COVID-19, and they expect the virus to be banished this year so the economy can return to its prior glory. So let's look ahead. We're all looking forward to eradicating COVID-19, and hopes are high that wide distribution of the vaccine will let that happen. But this is going to be more challenging than a lot of us realize, an incredibly difficult logistical challenge to inoculate 320 million Americans and another 7 billion globally. And we've got surveys showing that a quarter of Americans say they refuse to be inoculated. It'll be the next social issue. Potential mandates from national and state governments, as well as employers. And, of course, the risk that the virus might mutate and become resistant to the vaccine, or that the vaccine doesn't last as long as we hope. Still, there's widespread expectation that the worst will soon be over, and science is leading the way. In addition to the amazing achievement of the vaccine, we saw swift adoption of video conferencing technology, innovation in education, new out-home health care options, the very predictions I described in my New York Times bestseller, The Truth About Your Future. The crisis actually accelerated the advancement of exponential technologies, bringing us benefits years sooner than otherwise we would have occurred. And so I want us to turn to personal finances and what it all means. And that's what we're going to do when I return here on The Rick Edelman Show. So stay with us. For free articles on personal finance, sign up for Rick's email update at rickedelman.com. Hi, I'm Rick Edelman with a warning. Millions of people are buying stocks they think are low in price. Watch out. A lot of investors have no idea the risks they're taking. But you're holding steady, right? You haven't made a trade all year. That could be a problem, too. With COVID on the scene, you might need more in cash than before. and Maybe you need to reduce your market risk as well. Are you sure your portfolio is COVID-ready? Call us at Edelman Financial Engines, and let's review your investments and your entire financial situation and see if you're in good shape as this crisis continues. It's not the time to go it alone. Call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. Talk with one of my colleagues here at Edelman Financial Engines. We'll review your portfolio and make sure you're ready for what comes next. And we'll help you get through this crisis just like we've helped clients get through every crisis for the past 35 years. Call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. That's 888-PLAN-RICK. Online at ricedelman.com. Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. As I promised, let's turn to personal finances for 2021, first beginning with the economy. Wall Street analysts predict inflation to be 2% this year, and the GDP is going to grow 6%. Federal Reserve says unemployment is going to fall to 5%, and they say they're going to keep interest rates at their current low levels for at least another three years. But the situation remains fragile. The Biden administration is going to seek new policies regarding foreign trade. And our relationships with China and Russia, well, they're as stressed as ever. North Korea, Iraq, Iran, they're all still serious threats. And President-elect Biden's most immediate challenges are going to be to unite the country and resolve the outstanding issues pertaining to poverty, homelessness, health care, education and the environment, as well as dealing with the federal deficit and the national debt. And the stock market? 
Weekly surveys by the American Association of Individual Investors reveals the highest levels of bullish sentiment ever. Typically, 38% usually say prices will be higher in six months. But right now, 45% feel that way. Will corporate profits match investor expectations? Frankly, you should ignore anyone who pretends they know the answer. And now we've got Democrats controlling both the House and the Senate, as well as the White House. And so it's widely expected that Congress is going to pass legislation pretty fast to distribute $2,000 to American households and provide other economic relief to many other sectors of the struggling economy, hospitals, higher ed, the travel industry, restaurants and retailers, commercial and residential real estate owners, lenders, renters, charities and more. The next stimulus package is likely to be another trillion dollars or more. And Joe Biden has already said he wants to forgive $10,000 for everybody who owes that much or more in student loans. And another 230 organizations are urging him to say 10000 forget it, it ought to be 50000 And they want him to do it on his first day in office. That would add anywhere from half a trillion to $2.2 trillion to the nation's debt. Yeah, these stimulus packages for sure would benefit a lot of people. And the stock market would be thrilled. But the stimulus would also increase the deficit and the debt. And that is going to force the new administration to raise taxes. During the campaign, Joe Biden revealed basic elements to his tax policy, and he's calling for significant tax increases. We don't have a lot of details yet, but from what we know so far, increases in tax rates, fewer tax deductions, increases in the Social Security payroll tax, eliminating the deduction for 401k contributions. And most analysts say that these changes are going to be primarily applied to those with high incomes. In addition to all that, state and local governments are likely to raise taxes or cut services because they've also got their own severe budget shortfalls caused by the pandemic. And unlike the federal government, states are required to have a balanced budget. Well, you can be sure that as all these proposals emerge, I'll be reporting it all to you here on this program to give you the info you need. But there's one data point we already know. Democrats are in control of both houses of Congress and the White House. And in the last 72 years, that happened 20 times. And in those 20 years, the S&P 500 rose 15% per year on average. That gives us hope. Even though, of course, we all know the drill, past performance does not guarantee future results. By the way, when Republicans controlled all three, the market rose not 15%, but 16%. So let's not get so upset when there's a clean sweep by one or the other, okay? All things considered, we see no reason here at Edelman Financial Engines to deviate from the long-standing advice we've been giving our clients, our approach of maintaining a globally diversified portfolio, staying focused on your long-term goals, and rebalancing your portfolio as needed, it remains the best advice we can offer our clients today. And so let's put all this into context. Let's say you're a pension fund manager, and your pension plan has promised to give a certain amount of income to all the employees and all the retirees of your company. Your plan needs to grow in value to be able to honor those promises. And in fact, pension plans today in the U.S. say they're going to earn 7.2% a year. But even if they do that, the 25 biggest pension plans in America are going to be $800 billion short of what they need. If they only get 5.6%, they're going to be $1.6 trillion short of what they need. And analysts are saying the market's not going to earn what it did in the last 10 years. 
Wilshire says stocks are only going to grow five and a half percent this decade. Bonds three and a quarter. So if you've got to earn seven point two percent a year and they're saying stocks are going to do a lot less and bonds even worse, what do you do? Do you increase your risk in order to get higher returns? Or do you ask your employers and employees to pay more into the plan? You can see the divisiveness of all this, the challenge of all this. So let me ask you, is all this scaring you? Is it raising any concerns or anxiety about what you ought to be doing with your own money? Well, I want to give you two answers. First, whether the markets are 10% or 6% in their returns, you're going to get what you're going to get. That's not a reason to get out of the market by itself. I mean, if you sell stocks because you're not going to get the 10% you wanted, where are you going to get the 10%? Your bank account? <laughs> not these days. Not in a short-term treasury. Not these days. So some people are buying stocks merely because it's the only game in town, they figure. There's not much choice. Others are fearful, though. You might lose the gains you got last year if the market has another correction, or even if we go into a bear market like last year. So... Do you want to protect your profits? But that means selling. And if you sell, you'll not only pay taxes, maybe, but you're going to miss out on future profits if the market keeps going up. It's quite a conundrum. So consider this. If you're really worried and you fear that you don't have the stomach to hang in there with a diversified portfolio, go ahead. Reduce the amount of money you have in stocks and stock funds. Even go entirely to cash if you feel like it. But as you do... As you reduce your equity exposure, simultaneously create a dollar-cost averaging strategy. In other words, if you go to 100% cash, start to put the money back into the market, say 10% a month over the next 10 months. As the market rises, you'll be putting money in, enjoying the ability to gain the increase in value as the market goes up. But if the market falls, your future investments will be at the new lower prices. Either way, you smooth out the volatility. Talk with your financial advisor about dollar-cost averaging. And let me give you another opportunity. Given the dynamics of the situation of folks not knowing whether they should invest or not, stay invested, alter their investments, figure it all out, I want to help you. And so, this weekend, we're offering you a free retirement review. Call us at 888-PLAN-RICK or visit rickedelman.com and arrange to meet with one of my colleagues here at Edelman Financial Engines. We'll show you how to invest to help you achieve your goals. And we'll give you a personal financial plan along the way. It's an $800 value. So call us at 888-PLAN-RICK, and we'll talk with you about whether you should dollar-cost average, what investment changes you ought to look at for your situation. Don't go it alone during these challenging times. Call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. Stay with us. By Investment News as the nation's largest independent registered investment advisory firm. This is the Rick Edelman Show. Hi, I'm Rick Edelman with a warning. Millions of people are buying stocks they think are low in price. Watch out. A lot of investors have no idea the risks they're taking. But you're holding steady, right? You haven't made a trade all year. That could be a problem, too. With COVID on the scene, you might need more in cash than before. And maybe you need to reduce your market risk as well. Are you sure your portfolio is COVID-ready? Call us at Edelman Financial Engines, and let's review your investments and your entire financial situation and see if you're in good shape as this crisis continues. It's not the time to go it alone. 
Call us at 888-PLAN-RIC. Talk with one of my colleagues here at Edelman Financial Engines. We'll review your portfolio and make sure you're ready for what comes next. And we'll help you get through this crisis just like we've helped clients get through every crisis for the past 35 years. Call us at 888-PLAN-RIC. That's 888-PLAN-RIC. Online at ricedelman.com. Let's take a telephone call here on the Rick Edelman Show off to Stafford, Virginia. Ricardo is with us on the air. Hi, Ricardo. How are you? Great, sir. How are you? Doing very well. How can I help you today? So I have uh, life insurance. I'm trying to decide uh, whether to uh, transfer over to a, um, a new term life plan because they have a rider that if I do it now, I don't have to do a, a medical exam. All right, so let's back up a second, Ricardo. You currently own life insurance, yes? I do, uh, 500000 uh with the Navy Mutual Association, and I'm only paying pennies, you know, $22 a month for that. And that policy is a term policy? It is. It expires at age 50. However, uh, at my 48th birthday, I can change it to a, a new term, term life insurance without having a medical exam. If I don't do it now, then, you know, I have to do a medical exam at 50 to get another one. Do you have any health issues? Uh, Just, uh, you know, little things like higher blood pressure and other uh, uh, sleep apnea, mild sleep apnea and whatnot. Okay. You're married, I'm assuming. I am married. My wife is younger, and we have two little, little kids right now, three and one. Okay. And that's where I was headed. You, you're, you're a step ahead of me. Uh, what I was wondering is, where is there an insurable need? In other words, if you die, who suffers financially? And what it sounds like is that you have a spouse and young children who would suffer financially upon your death. And that's what you're concerned about. Yes, sir. And she is a stay-at-home mom. She loves uh, raising the kids and the family and whatnot. Got it. So, yes, it does sound that there's an insurable need here. So what we need to do is to figure out how much life insurance is necessary to protect your wife and children. And that calculation is based on examining your overall financial picture. For example, you're going to receive a Navy pension, yes? Correct. And how much will that pension be? Uh, it's probably uh, a little over 6000 a month. And after you die, how much of that pension benefit will your wife continue to receive? So uh, I'm doing the survival benefits plan uh, at a lower base rate of $4,000. So she would get uh, 2200 or so a month. Okay. So your wife will receive $2,200 a month after you've died. Uh, and can she live on 2200 a month? Can she support herself and the children on 2200 a month? No, sir. Not too many people can these days. That's a very small number. That's you know only twenty five grand a year. So, what is the total spending in the household between you and your wife and all family expenses on a monthly basis? How much money does the family spend? Uh, you, you including utilities and uh, mortgage and all that. All in everything, everything. Probably, uh, probably around ten thousand. 
So if you're spending $10,000 a month and the income from the pension for your wife will only be 2200 a month, then we have a big shortfall there, don't we? Right. And that argues for needing life insurance. Now, it just the, that simple math alone would suggest that your wife would need almost $8,000 a month or $100,000 a year upon your death. So the $500,000 life insurance policy, if you were to get hit by a bus tomorrow, God forbid, would only provide her with income for five years. What would your wife do after that? In other words, that's not enough money, is it? The 500000 sounds like a lot of money, and it was a lot of money when you bought that policy 28 years ago. But today, with today's cost of living, five hundred grand is likely not enough insurance to protect your wife. It likely could be that you need a million or two million or even three million worth of life insurance to be able to generate the $100,000 a year for income for your wife for a very long time because, as you said, she's a stay-at-home parent. She's not earning an income herself. And unless you wanted her or she wanted to go into the workforce, or unless the two of you were assuming that she would remarry to someone who has an ample income to provide for her and the kids, then we need to dramatically increase the amount of life insurance death benefit that you are providing to her. So we need to do that calculation more precisely than we have time to do it here on the show. But I think it's a reasonable assumption that you're going to need somewhere between 1 million and 3 million worth of life insurance. And we then need to figure out what's the best, cheapest way to get that coverage. Should you take advantage of the offer that you're getting from your current insurance provider? Or should we start from scratch with a brand new policy from a different provider? And what kind of policy should that be? Should it be another 20-year or 30-year term policy like the one you have now? Or should it be a permanent policy that won't expire in 20 or 30 years. So we need to do some analysis and research and examine the costs to help you determine what the best course of action is. But you're absolutely right to be raising this question right now. And I would encourage you to meet with a good insurance agent or an independent financial advisor who can assist you with all of these calculations. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Ricardo, I'm really glad you called today. If we can be of service, please give us a call at 888-PLAN-RICK, rickedelman.com. Let's take another telephone call here on the Rick Edelman Show. Off to Lone Tree, Colorado, we have Joanne standing by. Welcome to the show, Joanne. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking my call, Rick. It's my pleasure. How can I help you? Thank you. Um, I have a question. I am going to be retiring at the end of this year, and I have to find a new place to live, so I need to find my retirement home, and I came across um, a co-op option that I had never really heard of before, so I had done some research, um, but I'm kind of concerned because it's something totally different than I had, had ever considered as far as buying something, but because I'm handicapped, I don't, ha and I'm single, I don't have anybody to help me with things around the house. I, I'm not sure I want to do get a house um, just because of not being able to maintain it well. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious about this village cooperative and. If if it's a good thing or a bad thing, I live in Colorado and they're um, they're kind of new here, so it's kind of a new option. But um, they have a, a higher amount of money that they ask for a share, 
price, and I, I just kind of wanted your opinion if you've heard about these and, and what you think about them as a financial. Yes. Does this facility offer various types of services ranging from independent living to assisted living to full-blown nursing care and memory care unit as needed? Do you have that flexibility within this? Uh, no. No, it's total independent living. Um, so you don't have that option, no. Okay. I would recommend that you look for one of those kinds of facilities instead. If you already have some form of disability and you fear that your uh, need for assistance might grow in the future as you age, then it would make sense to move into a facility that offers these different stages of services so that you don't have to move out every time and continually seek such a kind of a facility. Uh, there are some uh, that are for independent living, and that sounds like the kind of facility you're describing. And although that might be acceptable today in terms of lifestyle, I think you need to be looking over the course of your entire expected lifetime rather than just what works today. So I would encourage you to shop around further uh, and explore facilities that offer the full range of services that are available to folks once they move in to an independent living environment, such as what you're looking for right now, you automatically qualify for moving into other types of assisted living, such as that, assisted living or full care, et cetera. I think that would be more in your best interest. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate your um your information on that the the one other thing i had was you know i had looked at some of those but they seemed to be kind of out of my price range and this was a little cheaper i mean would it make sense to have to do something like this and then have um care come in um as far as you know as i get older uh, I would not be as much of a fan of that uh, because when the patient needs the care, it is difficult for the patient to arrange for it. If you don't have a stakeholder, if you don't have a family advocate to assist you in securing that external care, it can prove to be very, very difficult. Whereas if you go into a facility that has it integrated within the community uh, that is self-contained, it can be very difficult to, to deal with. And the reason that it's cheaper now is because they're providing far fewer services. So you get what you pay for in this environment. So I think that it would make more sense for you to look at a comprehensive facility that can adjust to meeting your needs as your needs evolve over time. Okay. That sounds like great information. I, I really appreciate your time. Well, it's my pleasure, Joanne. I wish you the very best. If you'd like us to be assisting you in this entire process, we're happy to do it. We've got an office right uh, in your town in Lone Tree, so we're happy to help. Okay. Thank you so much, Rick. You're very welcome. That was Joanne in Lone Tree, Colorado, here on The Rick Edelman Show. You can do what she did. Call us, 888-PLAN-RICK, or visit online at rickedelman.com. Author of the New York Times bestseller, The Truth About Money, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. How much do you need to save for retirement? Hi, I'm Rick Edelman, founder of Edelman Financial Engines. The question's simple, but the calculation can be complex. 
How much you need to save for retirement depends on how much income you want, what outside sources you'll have, like Social Security and pensions. And here's the good news. You don't have to guess. We can give you the answer. For more than 32 years, we've shown people just like you how much you need to save for retirement and how to invest it. And now's your chance. Call us for the personal financial advice and investment management services you need with local offices to serve you. At Edelman Financial Engines, we're happy to help you whether you have a little to invest or a lot or anything in between. Come see why thousands of folks just like you rely on Edelman Financial Engines. Call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. That's 888-PLAN-RICK. Or visit us at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. Guess what Monday is? Monday is January 11. Why does that matter? It's got a name. January 11 is Quitter's Day. I don't know who came up with it, but yeah, they call it Quitter's Day. And apparently, it's the day that most people give up on their New Year's resolutions. I mean, really? Less than two weeks into the year, you're already giving up? Well, alrighty then. Hey, look, I, I get it. You know, improving your personal finances is always on everybody's, you know, top five New Year's resolutions, but it's complicated. It's hard to stick with it. And so we want to help make it easier for you. So here at Edelman Financial Engines, we want to offer you a free retirement review. Let's sit down, even we'll do it virtually with you these days, and we'll review with you your New Year's resolutions. We'll take a look at what you're currently doing with your personal finances, your investments, and your savings, and you'll meet with one of my colleagues virtually, one of our experienced planners, and we'll show you what you need to do to help you achieve your New Year's resolutions. We'll show you how to invest to help you achieve and reach your goals. And we'll also provide you a complete personal financial plan to help you secure your future. That's an $800 value. So don't quit on Monday, January 11. Instead, complete your New Year's resolutions. Just call us at 888-PLAN-RICK to sign up for your free retirement review. Or you can sign up online at Rick Edelman. So either way, let's turn Quitter's Day into Success Day. Time now for a visit from my wife, Jean Edelman, here on The Rick Edelman Show. Jean, co-founder, of course, here at Edelman Financial Engines with a degree in consumer economics and a specialty in nutrition and an expert in macrobiotic cooking. Jean here with her weekly segment, everybody's favorite of the show. Jeannie. Hi, Rick. Happy New Year. The official first week of 2021. So... Here we go for the week. I've been trying to think of a word um, that kind of describes how we should begin to explore this new year. And the one word that keeps popping up is health. And I've been thinking about the word. And when we are in good health, we are in balance. And I've been thinking about balance. And balance has three components. Our spiritual balance, our emotional balance, and our physical balance. So briefly, for our spiritual health and balance, I'm just going to say there that the balance is having an awareness of the possibility that there's something greater than all of us. And I feel like this possibility keeps us humble and it helps us be open for possibilities and miracles. 
And I enjoy looking for miracles in every day. That is a lot of fun. So spiritual health, spiritual balance, and awareness. Our emotional health. So this is a tricky one, but I broke it down into three pieces. So the balance for our emotional health, that comes when we don't wallow in the past, we don't worry about the future, and we are appreciative and focused on the moment right now. I think that's a tough one. Because we have a tendency to think about the past and constantly worry about the future and we forget about the now. And so I think a good practice for health and balance this new year would be to try that for our emotional health, to stay in the moment, stay here and focused on what we're enjoying now. And then our physical health. That I broke down into four little pieces. I think we find balance when we understand that our mind and body are connected. And the second piece is that our impact on that is our thoughts, our words, our attitudes, and what we expose ourselves to. And the third piece of that physical health is our movement. And the fourth piece of that physical health is our food. So all of this is connected. So when we're understanding that our mind and body are connected, that Toxic people affect us. Violence on TV affects us. The news affects us. So if we can bring more balance to that, and the way that we move that through our body every day is movement, is yoga, is walking and breathing. And then the fourth piece is how do we support this physical body is our food and understanding Having good nutrition really affects our long-term health and having balance. And so, again, part of that, too, is drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, and making sure that we're moving and breathing. And so a balanced meal. So what is a balanced meal? Studying nutrition and working with my macrobiotics, I've always been intrigued by food and creating good food for people. And so a balanced meal is basically some type of good, healthy protein, lots of nice vegetables, leafy greens, lots of root vegetables, and some type of a grain. And desserts are occasional. They should be healthy. Our food should be more whole foods. So when you shop around the edges of the supermarket versus going through the aisles where more processed food is, that's a little bit healthier. Cutting out processed food, cutting out the sugar, that all helps us find this balance. And then also the key to balance and health is knowing when we're out of balance and how do we get ourselves back. So cues could be we're not sleeping, we're binge eating, we're, or we're not eating at all. The out of balance is any extremes. So think of it as like a seesaw. So we don't want to be on the edges of the seesaw. We want to be in the middle. We want to find that balance. And so when we're out of balance, when we're at the edge of our seesaw, which was a lot of last year, that's when our self-care tools come into play. And I've talked a lot about that. But being outside, breathing, moving through our day, journaling, writing out what our issues are and talking it out. We've got to do that for ourselves. And so the beauty also is that each day we get to start over. So maybe yesterday wasn't such a great day. Maybe emotionally we kept thinking about the past. And so today we're a little bit better and we're just thinking about now. So the great thing is we get to start over and get to make each day the best that we can. 
When the outside world is in turmoil, it is time to focus on personal growth and go within. And our personal growth over this past year has created a great foundation for strength and inner power. And this provides a wonderful clear path for our goals for the new year so that we can move into it with a happy, balanced life. And so can you guess what my word of the week is? That's going to be balance. And the B is for being, just be, practice being. And I think we had a lot of chance to do that this past year. And hopefully we'll hold on to that and do that in the new year. A is for authentic. It's time to take off the layers and be who we are and be the best that we are. And people will appreciate us more. L is for a long life of health. Understanding that just little baby steps each day will get us to a long-term, healthy, happy life. A is for allowing the change. Allow it to happen. Look forward to it. Don't anchor ourselves. N is for noticing. You know, just notice ourselves. Oh, I'm, I'm feeling this today, or this doesn't seem right for me today. And just noticing, that could help us bring it all back into balance. C is for choice. You know what? We have tremendous freedoms, and we have, have the ability to choose each day. What do we want to do? Who do we want to talk to? Where do we want to go? And so choice is very important. And E is for enjoy. Each day is absolutely a true gift. And so enjoy it with good health and balance and everybody that you love and make it the best day, the best week, the best year possible. Thank you, Gene. That's Gene Edelman here on The Truth About Money, 888-PLAN-RICK-RICK-EDELMAN.COM. Thanks for joining me on the program this weekend. Reminder, call us right now at 888-PLAN-RICK and schedule your free retirement review. I'll see you next week. personal finance advice for over 25 years. This is the Rick Edelman Show. Hi, I'm Rick Edelman with a warning. Millions of people are buying stocks they think are low in price. Watch out. A lot of investors have no idea the risks they're taking. But you're holding steady, right? You haven't made a trade all year. That could be a problem, too. With COVID on the scene, you might need more in cash than before. and Maybe you need to reduce your market risk as well. Are you sure your portfolio is COVID-ready? Call us at Edelman Financial Engines, and let's review your investments and your entire financial situation and see if you're in good shape as this crisis continues. It's not the time to go it alone. Call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. Talk with one of my colleagues here at Edelman Financial Engines. We'll review your portfolio and make sure you're ready for what comes next. And we'll help you get through this crisis just like we've helped clients get through every crisis for the past 35 years. Call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. That's 888-PLAN-RICK. Online at ricedelman.com.